Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We have got a fabulous, fabulous show for you today. Joining me, I'm just absolutely jazzed. Joining me for a very in-depth conversation is what many people refer to the Queen of Green Diva, Annie Bond, joining us here today. We're going to take you on a journey of what it means to step into the world of, of green from different perspectives. Do you know that there are many shades of green? The question then becomes, which shade are you and what is your role? So let me just tell you a little bit about Annie. She is joining me here today as best-selling author of five books, including Better Basics for the Home and the most recent True Food. We're going to talk a lot about that. She was named the foremost expert on green living by Body and Soul magazine and is the editor-in-chief of GreenCheekCafe.com. She's joining me here today because we're going to answer probably some of the questions you may have about what this means right now and what is it that we can learn from being mindful and kindful about what we do to the planet. Annie, thank you so much for joining me here today. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. What an introduction. <laughs> thank you very much. It's great to have you here. You know, I'm, for the most part, uh, I'm always curious about how folks get into their true life calling. And clearly this is a true life calling for you. You know, what was it you had to move beyond? What challenges, what obstacles did you have to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, actually, um, quite a lot of them. I, uh, I, I think my story is really about um, in the pain, greatest pain is in the greatest gift. Yeah. Um, I was uh, working in a restaurant helping my husband get through graduate school in 1980, and uh, there was a gas leak that sent 80 people to the hospital, and I was breathing the fumes um, very deeply because I was a, a waitress, and I got at the, what was at the time um, considered permanent central nervous system damage, but they didn't really know about chemical injury back then uh-huh. and and then our apartment building was exterminated with a pesticide that's been taken off the market because it's so neurotoxic and I ended up in the hospital for three months and um, just extremely lucky that I have a sister who's a biochemist and she uh, was really did research and, and found one of the first environmental medicine doctors in the world and happened to be in New Haven, Connecticut which is where I was and I went to him and, and he showed that I had permanent, I mean, that I had permanent central nervous system damage and also that I had classic organophosphate pesticide poisoning. And by the time I got to him, I was sort of a bubble case. You've, you've heard about these sort of canaries in the coal mine. Exactly, <laughs> right. And I was definitely one of those. And, and I was very sick for about eight years. We moved ten times in four years. And what happened is that I ended up finally getting a place that had no pesticide drift, nothing, and it was a, a clean environment for me. And I was like a wilted plant that was given water, and in, in just very few months, I, I really was popped up and had a really very significant 
uh, recovery in a lot of ways. And I got, my doctor said I was well enough to have a baby, which I was so grateful for. And, um, but after she was born, I, I needed to change careers. I'd been a painter in the arts and I, I couldn't do that anymore. And I, I had to live at home because I needed to maintain, I could maintain a normal life if I could live in an environment that was really pristine. And so I needed to work from home and I'd always secretly wanted to be a writer and I mm-hmm. uh, grew up in New Hampshire. I grew up on skis. I spent my, my childhood in the woods and I had a deep connection to nature and the way, sort of the natural flow of the way the world should be and I was horrified at the pollution we lived in. I had no idea until I got so sick how polluted things have become. I was just going to ask you that, Annie, because I was going to ask you. I mean, now we can talk about these things, but I'm just so curious about what that was like for you to be able to discover what was going on in your body because even today, so many of the things that are happening to us are misdiagnosed. They're put in different autoimmune buckets, and we don't really get to what the the cause and and the source is. You know, I guess at one level... You know, you're pretty lucky that you did get down to the bottom of it, don't you think? Oh, my gosh. And back then, this was the 80s after all. I know. It was so far. Back then, nobody thought of any. And I got handed to psychiatrists. I, I, a lot of central nervous system damage manifests as depression and inability to concentrate and, and that sort of thing. And so I'm forever in debt to my sister. I dedicated my first book to her and, um, because it was suddenly I was able to start seeing that if I got it, I mean, a classic example is, is we finally got in what I thought was a good house and we were renting and uh, the house, suddenly our landlady, unbeknownst to me, started had hired someone to paint the house and so the painter started using oil-based paints. I had no idea. All my symptoms came back. Out of the blue, boom, all of a sudden I couldn't concentrate. My thoughts were racing. I just, uh, it was a terrible experience. And it then it became so many experiences like that have happened since that um, for me and and my body I react very cerebrally so uh, I was able to start putting two and two together and say oh my gosh when I'm around formaldehyde I get like this when I'm around oil-based paints I get like that when I'm around pesticides I get like this other and nobody nobody thinks to look I mean gosh and this I, I I have so much grief in me because I've seen so many things happen like children going into um, art class and working with solvent-based markers and coming out high as kites and then going into math and not being able to sit and do their homework or, you know, whatever. So absolutely, it's very, uh, very, very easily misdiagnosed, um, whereas compared to uh, a lot of other illnesses, it's, it's just very hard, very, very hard. And everybody back then, of course, thought I was a complete nut, and, and I would, I, I've since stopped ever telling anybody, oh, my gosh, you shouldn't put that pesticide on your children's skin or something like that because I just, you know, it's just so alienating for people. So I just try to do my work and get it out there and people that are drawn to it will come to it. I think that's really the work that you and I get to do because we find that by putting information in front of people enough times, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going to raise their head, especially moms right now, you know, that are looking at a rise in uh, autism of their children, just phenomenal. What are we, what are we saying now? One out of every, I know, one out of every 100 kids. So we've done, I think, a great job. You in particular, Annie, have done a phenomenal job at letting people know that there is a resource that you have uh, on the Internet, your e-books, and, of course, your latest book. Um, you're now taking on food. And this is 
so absolutely incredible that we understand about the food that we eat. Many people, and I'd like you to react to this if you don't mind, many people have said to me, you know what, in the green world, we're not quite there yet, including the language of organic, or we're not quite there yet using food in the green movement. And, I, and my response is, why not? And I wanted to get your response because this has had to be an interesting journey for you to even plug in to the green community, as I would call them. It has been, and, and I actually wrote a, my, I, I, I'm a blogger on Huffington Post, and I wrote my whole blog about for Earth Day about the fact that health has to be a centerpiece of green. It just absolutely has to because uh, I know that, People might think recycled tires are fantastic um, because you're keeping them out of the landfill. Yeah, but the sun shines on it or they heat up and they release all these toxic chemicals. So the last thing you want is ground-up tires on a children's playground. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's always sort of a good example because I've been to green festivals where people are so excited about recycled tire pocketbooks that I'm thinking I would keel over within an hour if I had to be carrying something like that. And um but in terms of food, uh, I think that um, I, I just, you know, I, I guess one of the stories that I have that I think is so interesting about the organic food movement is the power of one or two people to make a difference. And uh, I was actually, had, had come out of my experience of being sick, uh, and I was to have my daughter, and, and she was about six months old and I was breastfeeding her on the couch and she was one of these early early bird babies and so I was I'd been up since five and I just could hardly wait till the Today show came on and there came on Meryl Streep and Wendy Gordon and um, they were uh, starting Mothers and Others for a Livable Planet as an offshoot from the nonprofit group um, and our Natural Resources Defense Council and um, they talked about uh, Meryl was extremely upset because she had uh, been feeding her four kids apples at three meals a day, and all of a sudden she found out there was a chemical that was sprayed on apples that actually could harm her babies. And she was devastated to learn this, and so she went to NRDC and said, "Oh my gosh, what can what can I do to help? I just can't believe that food is be, uh, being poisoned that I'm giving to my babies." And uh, Wendy Gordon was also a new mom, mom at the time and um, worked for NRDC. And so NRDC broke off and started this organization called, broke, broke off a, or had a sub-company, you know, part of the NRDC called Mothers and Others for Livable Planet. And so Meryl and Wendy got on the Today Show and started talking about the value of organic food and organic apples. And I, coming out of my experience, and this was 1989 by that point, I was absolutely dumbstruck because it was so affirming to me. I was like, oh, somebody gets it, finally. It was so, I just, it was like, oh, I, for, for me, I, I felt like I just, people just thought I was a lunatic. And here was Meryl Streep, of all people, talking about what I, I knew. And that empowered me to start working on, the next thing I knew, I wrote my book, Cleaning Green, because it was like, oh, gosh, everybody's not going to think I'm a nut. And so... I, I worked on that book, and then before you knew it, I started working for the organization Mothers and Others for Livable Planet, and uh, learned so much. Wendy Gordon uh, was the chief executive officer, and she's such a brilliant person connecting food and health and the sustainability and clean water and energy and all that kind of thing. And so we start. We wrote a book together at that time called The Green Kitchen Handbook, which was was again way ahead of its time, and now it we just 
we just rewrote it as and brought it out as, as true food. I have to actually honor you, Annie, because it is such an important point. I did a show not too long ago, and I would like to talk about this because I think you really take us through, uh, you know, some amazing steps, and we're going to talk about some of the steps of the, the true food diet. But it was really interesting. I, I went to the store yesterday. They sent me out on assignment to go get some pickles, right? So we went to the store to go get some pickles, and I had to go to the closest store, and I'm not going to mention any, you know, grocery store, let's just call it. And I went in, and I, I hit the pickle area, right? Every jar of pickles that I was looking at, dill pickles, had yellow dye number five in it. Doesn't that, I know it. And I have to ask you, Why? I know that one. I've spent my entire life looking for pickles without yellow dye number five. I know. I totally get that. But, um, I mean, this is something that we don't even talk about. How many mothers go out? I mean, it's incredible. Why do we have to put dye in pickles? I just don't get it. I know. I know. Um, I remember way before I got sick having an argument with my uh, mother-in-law's brother, who was a chemist for DuPont or a company like that, and I, they were, he was telling me about how much dye is put in butter, and I was what do you mean there's dye put in butter? I was just so <laughs> revolted. And he said, but of course people can't stand looking at butter if it looks like it, it looks naturally, so we put the colors in to make it more appealing looking. And I, I just, I had this big argument with him, but I, I just could hardly believe that such a thing would be, I mean, what was, and, and now, of course, the pediatricians in the Great, great in Great Britain are, uh, advising parents to make absolutely sure they don't feed their children uh, food with food dyes in it because they're found one after the other they're found to be so incredibly neurotoxic and women all sorts of attention deficit kinds of symptoms oh it's really incredible I mean one of the things that you know I want to get back to the book true food I mean you know you are offering people simple steps for how to eat wisely how to follow the book and bring us back to this state that I know for myself, you know, if it weren't for my own healing journey, I probably wouldn't have discovered some of the things I'm talking about right now. But there is so much that we seem to have to do around food more so than other things. And in the busy world and life of a mom or a family, you know, where do we start? I love how you talk about, you know, the fact that we may never get back to what my grandmother did and my grandfather. Even growing up in the Bronx, my da- my grandfather had an herb garden. We may never get back there. But what's the goal? Where should we be heading? Yeah, um, it's tough, and there's a lot of social pressure and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, and raising a child, I mean, I was pretty... Uh, careful to allow my daughter to go to a birthday party and eat whatever horrible food she was given. <laughs> she would come home absolutely off the walls and would stay off the walls for many hours afterwards. <laughs> but, but generally at home, we would uh, have she would have a healthy diet. Uh, but um, she would bring tofu to school sometimes for lunch, and people would never have known what it was. I mean, uh, it's it's sort of discouraging how far off of of food. Um, understanding food most people are but you know really under the wisdom of the mothers and others from the planet and and wendy who's also one of the authors of the book uh there they they sort of took a trailblazing way of breaking it down to eight steps i mean if you follow these up eight steps they make good sense and if you try to um integrate them into your life then 
you, bit by bit, you get to a um, to a healthy diet, and uh, it's just a it's a change. It's a shifting away from the way we eat now. We just go to the store and buy so many packaged food, uh, and it ta- it is a bit of a transition. And I think people have to be gentle with themselves about the transition. But honestly, the uh, payback is so enormous. And now my 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 eating and cooking is so simple compared to what it used to be before I really sort of broke, really truly um, broke my diet down to what's fresh and local right now. And that's well, there's the so much we can learn. Everything. There's yeah. so much we can learn. We're going we're gonna to learn lots from you uh, in this conversation, in this show today. For those of you tuning in, uh, best-selling author Annie Bond, she is known as the... Uh, the Queen of Green, I love uh, having her on the show. And if you go to her website, you're going to be able to find out why. Uh, whenever you're struck with sort of this, this, this revolutionary idea to move forward, to share information, you get an extraordinary response. And that's the, the view and the mission of my very special guest today. If you go to greenchicafe.com, you'll be able to find out more. We're going to be talking about some of the steps throughout the show today. Uh, some of the things that you know, some of the things you may not know. Where do you start? What are some of the questions? And, Annie, I bet you get asked that a lot. It's kind of like, okay, this is great, and we're going to share a lot of this today. But do people ask you, where do I start? Yeah, they well, they ask me, where do I start? A lot for cleaning. And, um, <laughs> and, and I think that I have a really great little tip about cleaning, and, that, and having a green kitchen is one of the, one of the steps. And... Uh, so, and this isn't the diet part, but I'm just going to throw it in because I'm afraid I'll forget it because yes. I, it's a really great little tip. That what I suggest people do is they open up the cupboard under, most people keep their cleaning products and chemicals under the kitchen sink, for example. You open up the cupboard and you look under there and you one by one you take out the products and you look at the labels. The one thing that the government does is they give us signal words on such as danger and warning and dangerous fatal swallow, that kind of thing, um, on products. And you go through everything and you take, put aside everything that has a signal word that's stronger than a caution, and you put them in the garage or call up your, your um, and call up your local landfill uh, transit station for, for hazardous waste. And Ask them what what to do for household, how, what to get rid of for how when they how to get rid of household hazardous waste. Some of it they will take, some of it they won't. But I recommend people throw away everything the household hazardous waste company won't take, but that is stronger than a caution. Some people say use it up, but I don't want any risk of anybody getting hurt. So that's it. You go through a big big clearing out of chemicals in your kitchen if you do just do that alone. And so that's that's a tip that um, isn't really the best starting place for food, but it's just a tip that I think is a great way to make your house less toxic. It's a great place to start. We're going to take a short break here on the Dr. Pat Show. Annie Bond is joining us. When we come back, we're going to be sharing some of those tips. You know, what are some of the tips to a true food diet? Why is this so important? What are some of the things that we're going to be talking about that you probably don't know about? We're going to take a short break here on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We'll be right back. Back. 
athletes, diabetics, moms, let me tell you about a new high-tech energy gel called Chocolate Number no. 9. Chocolate Number no. 9 is made with only organic agave and the finest dark roast Belgian cocos. Number 9 contains no refined sugar. Number 9 is a certified low glycemic index item, and best of all, Chocolate Number no. 9 simply tastes great. Find out more at chocolatenumber9.com or call 866-999-1909. That's 866-999-1909. Are you tired of the diet roller coaster? Tired of losing the weight only to gain it back again? Would you like to learn how to take the weight off once and for all? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help thousands of clients reach their goals and stay there. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That's 888-311-7157. Do you love who and what you see in the mirror? Stop struggling with weight loss and learn to love who you are right now. 95% of dieters regain their weight within five years for a reason. They never truly learn to love their bodies. Visit BodyImageMastery.com to start your journey towards self-love and healing and get the results that you've always wanted. Call Laura Fenimore at 415-464-1234 or visit BodyImageMastery.com. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio 2 Thrive By. It's so great to have you here. It's so great to have Annie Bonds joining us today on the show. Uh, True Food is her latest book, very, very cool, National Geographic, out 2010. She was named the foremost expert on green living by Body and Soul magazine and has taken on the topic of food. Annie, I was telling you a little bit during the break that I... I had one of my listeners approach me and say, you know, you just did a show about cleaning and cleaning stuff, and, and she said, that's really great because I'm in charge of cleaning. I can change every cleaning detergent, everything I have in my house, and nobody knows. But she said, the minute I change the food from a box of macaroni and cheese to something else, everybody in the family knows that. And she said, I have to do this in a different way, and I don't know how. And so this is a great opening for you to talk about that dilemma. Well, and I just think that's so true. Yeah. And, I mean, I grew up with, I mean, I've spent many, many years. Uh, my ex-husband was a long-term vegetarian, and my daughter didn't like this and didn't like that. And I was a vegetarian and then wasn't a vegetarian <laughs> You've got all these diets going on at the same time, and it's just very, very hard to get it all set. Um, even though this isn't necessary, well, it is on, on one of my eight steps, but I think that a great way to start might simply be to read labels. That uh, in, We were talking about food, but just like you were looking at the pickles, uh, oh. trying to find one brand that didn't have the red dye number, yellow dye number five, uh, as you start buying what you normally do is to go to the purest brand of whatever that might be. So you might still be doing macaroni and cheese, but you're going to go get yours in the health food section instead. And it slowly but surely, you also start seducing people into whole food often tastes better. It's the crunchy granola sawdust days of the 70s whole food movement are long, long gone. So... Um, Especially when you get into, you know, the pressure foods, uh, the flavor of the organic 
episode is so much richer. But I think looking at labels is a great start, especially parents of children that they, they want to start getting buying the food that doesn't have the food dye. Uh, for many, many years I had to buy pickles at, only at the health food store because that's the only place I could find them that didn't have the yellow dye number five. Now most supermarkets have a health food store version section inside of them, and so you can pick, you know, choose your products there. Uh, the so, so I think that's a great start is reading reading labels. Uh, then I think you could start moving. Like one of the first steps. I mean, there are eight steps. Maybe it would be useful. You could tell me what you think to maybe just first read out what the eight steps. I are would love to do that because I think that's going to shed a lot of light on this. Let's go yeah, ahead and do and then, that. And then and then as we then we can focus in, drill down into some of the details about the various steps. But one step one is as much much as possible to eat local food. And for the planet, the reason for doing that is that there's you save energy. Um, the product takes much less time to get to you, and so you save energy. But for your health, uh, you end up getting much richer enzymes and flavor, and, um, and you connect to your local farmers. Step two is to eat a variety of food, uh, and we'll talk much more about why to eat a variety of food, both for a planetary and health reasons. Step three is to aim for organic. I mean, none of us can afford to buy a $9 papaya in the middle of January <laughs> or whatever uh, even, and, but uh, there are lots of ways to eat organic as much as you can. Uh, another one is to try to eat lower in the food chain. We're not saying to become vegetarians. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to support sustainable farms too. But even three meals a week, if you could try to become vegetarian, to eat low in the food chain, and, and I'll ex explain And we'll why. explain what that means. Yes. Um, well, eating lower in the food chain is really that also that um, high in the food chain are humans. Um, low in the food chain are plankton, for example. Exactly. Uh, another uh, step five step five for us is to eat fresh food. Um, step six is to eat whole foods, and, and you're starting on the way doing that when you're buying less processed food because you're reading labels and eating fewer chemicals in your in your foods. Step seven is to stock your pantry, and it really uh, the way I cook now is becomes very simple because I have fresh food, I have all the pantry foods, and I and then I have protein in the fridge or or what have you, and I determine what I'm going to eat according to really what's what, what's the freshest food I can get and then what would go, be good with it. And then the step eight is green your kitchen, and I touched on that a little bit just in terms of changing your cleaning products, but you want to have a we, we, the kitchen is the center of the home the sort of like a circle everybody it's where the circle of the family is and so the heart of exactly. the home kind of thing well and I love so, what you're talking yeah. about because even step one you, you, we, we, you know we've come a long way in a really short period of time this is what I love you know when we talk about eat local food now we're seeing local food farmers markets things show up in a lot of different places and, and when we talk about that there's got to be a rationale for some people. They say, well, why, why eat local foods? I don't understand. What does that mean? How do I know? Well, th there's a, it's what they call a food shed movement, so that you try to eat, it's, it's, you support the sort of cottage industries of food in your area. You try to eat in, within your food shed. Um, one, I mean, the, the, most local, of course, if you make it, you can have your own little kitchen garden, which would be fantastic, or big kitchen garden, whatever. Uh, the, that's the most local. Then you sort of 
weigh things. Like, for example, for me now, I can get Florida strawberries or I could get strawberries from South America. And I, Florida strawberries are take less energy to get to me than they would if they come out of South America or China or something like that. So uh, it, just in terms of energy, um, there's there's a, a big savings when, when you eat local food. But... I mean, I, I think one of the other stories behind my interest in writing this book is, is I, there's a local family that is, um, well, I guess it goes back farther. I grew up in New Hampshire. I still remember stopping at the dairy and getting our milk, and I remember the smell of the, the cows and the, watching the cows being milked and picking up our big metal things of, of milk and bringing them home. And uh, getting to know, I remember going to pick the corn from the local farmer, and I smell, I can still smell the smell of those uh, husks. And um, getting, you start connecting to food, and you start connecting to where it comes from, and you start seeing, meeting people in your community. Um, my daughter, when she was little, uh, I, this farm, this retired couple nearby, they live in a suburban-looking house that look, you'd never know. In their backyard, they have a goat, they have guinea hens. <laughs> They had the most incredible organic garden you ever saw in your life, and so I would call every week. They would tell me what was fresh, and and I would they pick it for me, and I'd swing by on Friday afternoon and buy buy our family's organic vegetables. My daughter got to see where it all came from, and fruit, and um, best strawberries you'd ever have in your life. And so that was a wonderful way to connect to my local community. And by the end of the summer, my daughter's just had the rosiest cheeks you ever saw in your life. Um, Farmers market in our, my community is robust, and many communities now the farmers markets are really robust. And what a wonderful way to uh, buy local food. Well, and you know this is really such an enlightened, enlightened conversation for a lot of people because more and more of this is right in front of us. Even in grocery stores now, we're starting to see local food show up, whether it's strawberries. I know here it's apples. Across the country, it's many, many different things. Annie Bond joining us here today. We're talking about her incredible book, True Food. When we come back, we'll be taking you through some of the other steps so that you can get a sense of some of the changes you can make now and the impact this has on your carbon footprint. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio 2. Thrive by. Ready to manifest your heart's desire? Want to know the secret to navigating life's in-between times with confidence and skill? Ready, Set, Manifest with Life Coach Debbie Lacey offers real tools to coach yourself through the in-betweens and leaps in life. Say goodbye to being stuck and hello to Ready, Set, Manifest. Visit theinspiredcoach.com and join the next Ready, Set, Manifest telegathering. You're not lost. You're getting ready. Visit theinspiredcoach.com. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness Natural Food for Pets. This is where true wellness begins. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? 
Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Are you feeling a little lost? Powerless to overcome your challenges? Dawn Stansfield is a compassionate healer and intuitive messenger who focuses on your self-empowerment by examining current day circumstances, whether they are past, present, or future. She offers practical tools to help you overcome difficult situations and move forward in your life path. For a private consultation, contact Dawn today at 425-453-8180 or visit dawnsvision.com. joining us here today on the show, the Queen of Green. She has been a spokesperson for what it means to truly step out there and understand green, but now taking on true food. And we're talking about the eight steps that are outlined in the book, True Food. So we, we're thrilled, Annie, to have you here to talk about these things. I, I want to I, I wanna talk about some of the other steps so that our listeners can get a, an idea of what you've outlined in the book. And, and, and I think I wanted to ask you, you where, where do we find the greatest challenge here in going through and doing the kinds of things that we know make absolutely perfect sense to do, but somehow we just don't get it done? Well, uh, and, and we were talking during the break about the cha- changing habits is really, really hard, especially when you have a, habits of everybody in the family because you're changing them at the same time. And also uh, lack of time. is a, And it, it turns out I think lack of time is a myth but it, about this, but um, it, it, which I hope to be able to get across by the end of the segment. But um, it's very hard sometimes to um, feel like you have the time to eat in a different kind of way that's not as fast food based. Uh, and we were heralding the crock pot <laughs> as a wonderful way to uh, to have a wonderfully warm, delicious meal at the end of the day when you get home from work. And having um, you just you just have to plan ahead a little bit. That, that's it. It just doesn't take any more time. So so I think that's a, that's a wonderful. Uh, time saver, but ultimately I think if you come back to the problem of time that that uh, if you go back to what I was saying, that if, it, if the fresh produce is really what's guiding your menu for the week and it's rhubarb season and pea season at the same time, which is in the spring on the east coast, uh, we're coming into that now, then you can do a lot with peas and you can do a lot if you want desserts and strawberry rhubarb for dessert and that's what you're doing for a few weeks and then you're moving on to spinach and uh, it's a, and then you figure out what 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 I want to have around these fresh vegetables and it becomes very much simpler than one would think. And that's really the message for today. You know, there are things that you've really outlined in the book that make life much, much simpler for us. Um, you know, we talk about eat local food as step one. You know, let's talk a little bit about some of the other steps in here because you talk about eating a variety of foods, but you also talk about aim for organic, which is very different than a lot of people would say, meaning some people say you need to swap everything out for organic. Well, I, I think that uh, 
And, and Which is say, very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very hard to do. And there are a couple tricks I want to throw out about organic. Yeah. And, uh, and then actually variety falls in behind it uh, easily. Uh, and that is that it's, um, and it fits in with orga- as local food too, is that is to learn how to freeze and or can or both. And if you, freezing is, uh, we have a huge number of ways teaching you how to freeze food in, in true food. There, the, the book has all sorts of how-to information because that's sort of my main thing is if, if people don't know how to do it, then they're not going to do it. If they know how to do it, they will do it. Uh, but it's to buy up as much organic food as you can when it's in season, and then it's dirt cheap. It's just borderline dirt, dirt, dirt as, you know, as cheap as you can possibly get it, and even buy a freezer for your basement or what have you. And then you've got cheap organic food all year round. Um, the other thing about organic food in terms of prices is that uh, I did, I went through the grocery store and I took down prices when I wrote the original The Green Kitchen Handbook um, of all packaged food. And in fact, organic packaged food is no more expensive than non-organic packaged food if you average it out, which was absolutely blew my socks off. I had no idea, but it's totally true that, that ultimately buying the organic crackers and, and that kind of and the spaghetti and all that kind of thing ends up bouncing out and being no more expensive than the packaged packaged unorganic food. So that's yeah. another another really good trick to know. Um, but but I'm not a canner. One of my sisters loves to can. I just won't do it. I still have a very unrealistic, I mean, misguided fear of canning. And it, I know there's no, it's no basis in reality, but I do. I love to freeze things. And it's amazing what you could freeze. You just never would have even known. And so that's a great way to eat locally year-round is to freeze the products so you can get them. And really, there are some benefits to freezing as well. I mean, and this is really all of us educating ourselves about what it means. Some people, you know, look at freezing and they say, oh, all the nutrients are gone, the nutrients are gone. But that's not really the case. And so we're kind of having to educate ourselves again, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. And uh, we really are to... Um, and and it's a great. It's so much safer than canned canned food. I don't mean canning if you're canning in glass ball jars. I mean, at the moment, it's extremely difficult to find canned food that is not that the can lining doesn't have a plasticizer in it that is uh, the same one that everybody's hearing about that is cause make concern about baby bottles and plastic nipples and things like that. So, um, canning is uh, frozen food is definitely the way to go in, compared to buying canned food. Uh, and so I highly recommend um, freezing over that. And, you know, I just, it's interesting about a variety of food. I, I this, my research into this opened my eyes, and I'd never really seen it this way before, and I thought I might share the connection. Um, when we hear about the um, uh, Irish potato famine, uh, a lot of people ne- don't necessarily connect that to our, where, our daily life now. But the... Irish people were focused on three varieties of potatoes, I think, or maybe it was just two. And they lived on these potatoes. That was their mainstay. And a blight came along that killed off, that neither of those two types of potatoes were resistant to. And it killed off all those potatoes. If they had had a wide variety of potatoes, they would have also had the variety of potato that is actually resistant to the blight that killed them all off. And they wouldn't have had this incredible famine. And modern 
industrial farming relies on an extremely small number of types of plants. So, and we've got wheat, and we've got corn, and we've got just, you know, just a few handful of commodities. There's so few, it's just nuts. And we could have, save off global hunger if we broaden the variety of wheats and, and corn and all that kind, and, and other kinds of grains like quinoa and, and whatnot, that uh, we'd have a wider variety so that one or the other would be most likely to be resistant to a blight. With global warming, there's a small window when we can have plants adapt very quickly to the change in temperatures and things like that, and we need to have the gene pool available to us to be able to find the plants that can adapt quickly. And if we just rely on just a few of these types of plants, we're going to wipe. We're asking for global hunger, and. Um, so there are just these wonderful people in the world that are the seed savers and they're working on this wider variety. So the more organic, I mean, so, so going into the heirloom foods, buying, going out of your way to buy or, uh, heirloom tomatoes, for example. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this and much more when we come back. What does Andy Bond think about cornstarch, corn syrup? You know, is it a myth? And what's causing these cornstarch, corn syrup wars on television right now? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, go to drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. When we come back, we'll take you through a couple of these other steps that are in this incredible book, True Food. We'll be right back with the show. your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit MacaRoot.com. That's M-A-C-A Root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you tired of struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Hi, this is Anna Luque, author of The Yoga Diet. Based on scientific research, this lifestyle has been carefully formulated to promote weight loss and boost the immune system. The Yoga Diet will help you achieve overall balance and radiant health, even if you suffer from lactose and gluten intolerance, yeast infections, digestive problems, and more. Consuming yogurt daily is an excellent way to optimum health and ideal weight, and a yogurt I recommend is Greek God's Greek Yogurt. So thick and creamy. Greek God's yogurt is simply yogurtlicious. Greek God's yogurt is full of probiotic bacteria, good for overall health. And it's made with all natural ingredients in the same tradition yogurt has been made in Greece for centuries. Try the Greek God's popular honey yogurt or the tangy yet subtly sweet pomegranate. Don't forget to try the new Greek God's kefir cheese spread. Great for dips or as a healthy substitute for sour cream. Be happy. Go Greek. Experience the myth. Welcome back, everyone. 
the Dr. Pat Show. This is uh, talk radio to thrive by. And Annie Bond is joining us here today. Let me just make sure that you all know how to find out more about Annie because if you do, you'll be able to be part of her newsletter. You'll be able to download, I believe she's got a couple chapters of uh, or a couple of free e-books to download. There's just lots of information. Go to greenchicafe.com, greenchicafe.com. It's just incredible stories, opportunities for you to stay on top of what's going on. Annie will send you a little note if you sign up for the newsletter and much more. And by the way, there are great recipes, so mm, <laughs> a lot of really, the rhubarb, strawberry, mango compote is just, yep, okay, everybody, that's enough about that. Annie, thank you for joining us here today, and boy, it's great to have you on the show. I know there are a lot of things we're not going to get to talk about uh, because, you know, your book is so amazingly um, um, filled with uh, different uh, different things for people to know. I guess... You know, in this segment that we have left here, what might be an important step for people to look at? Is it the eat whole foods part or, you know, what might be next? I think eating whole foods is absolutely next uh, because we are a society that eats food that is um, all fractions of itself. And we're, I, I mean, I did a study once where I ate a, you eat a whole food, even if it's a unhealthy and um, high carb, high uh, with sugar and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I ate whole food sugar and it was a whole grains, hand hand ground whole grain, etc. And then the next day I ate the same thing that was all refined, refined flours, refined sugar, everything. The muffin that I made that was all from Whole Foods was totally satisfying and while it wasn't the best thing in the world for me, I didn't in 15 minutes want something else and want another one or I wasn't like craving to fill, find the other parts of the food in a way. I think that's what happens. Exactly. And that when I ate just the really sugary thing that was all refined, I was like in the refrigerator. I was just digging around. I had more, more muffins and I, you know, probably gained three pounds that day because I just wasn't satisfied. And so, a whole food is really important. If you just look at a flour, the flour like white flour, you can you can even get whole food white flours. Um, but if a refined white flour has these incredibly important nutrients taken out, including vitamin E and particularly fiber, uh, and so if you have that and you don't get enough fiber, you don't get enough this and that and the other thing from the food, then you're constantly sort of on the look for your body saying, I need more, I need more, I need other things. Whereas if you end up, and I'm not going back to this sardust tasting food of the 70s here at all, if you use whole foods like quinoa flour, for example, it's amazingly sweet and fine and you can make um, quinoa muffins that are just, I mean, they, they don't even need a sweetener, they're so sweet on their own and they're very, it's not like heavy, thick whole wheat muffins or something like that, you know. Um, you're getting all the nutrients you need from that food, and um, it has it has it just hasn't been stripped out, and you're so you're getting the fiber. It's just so much better for you, and uh, and then you start and, and labels will help you start finding food if you can't even understand the the chemicals that are in the on, on, in the label for the packaged food that that you you know you're not getting whole food, you know. So I really recommend eating whole foods as much as possible, especially. When you get not especially, but one 
way, per, per aspect of this to pay a lot of attention to is actually in the greens. It's like when you and I were talking about, the, you know, kind of started the show talking about pickles. You know, but, you know, you can I remember Grandma kind of, you know, getting out there. I mean, honestly, I'm not somebody that does a lot of canning or pickling or any of that. But, you know, certainly she didn't drop her yellow dye number five in it, and she definitely didn't put sodium benzoate in it. Yeah, and absolutely. so so what we're talking about is just a whole new level of mindfulness. But in the end, things really do taste better, don't they? Well, I think that there are no doubt that if you eat organic food and it's whole food, uh, it is absolutely scrumptious. And I mean, your taste buds come to life. You just don't even imagine. Um, I have a wonderful friend who lives nearby who is an heirloom gardener, and uh, she sends me over. She's got a very, very, very big farm, and she sent, I was constantly sending. She's got a huge overflow all the time and sending me food. The flavor of her asparagus, which I just got the other day, and it took three seconds practically to cook it. You know, it was I, I'm, I'm incomparable to anything I, you could ever buy in a store right now. It's just organic farms are... They work on the nutrients in the soil to make it rich and abundant, and so the plant can pull all the nutrients it needs. And industrial farms, are their whole purpose is to come up with one streamlined soil that will work for everything or, or fertilizer that will work for everything, and then you don't get any variety in the flavors. And so... Um, Absolutely. I mean, organic food is infinitely more. Well, let's talk about the planet in terms of this as well, because, you know, you talk about in the book, uh, you know, you always have for health and then you have for the planet. But for the planet, in terms of eating whole foods, that was so eye-opening for me, what you talk about uh, in, in, in the carbon footprint here. Let's talk about this a little bit, because I think wastewater and solid waste are not something that we associate to whole foods. Well, I know. I mean... So let's say corn, corn syrup, and we're, talk, we we're talking about the idea that corn syrup is it's not a whole food, and so our body just is taking the sugar there and running with it, and so it's going to be looking for other ingredients, the fiber for the rest of the day, and it's not in there. <laughs> but so what? So let's see what happens to the corn when it goes through a corn syrup company. It's going to all of the fiber in that corn is going to be having to be put somewhere. So the fiber from the corn is going to go into the landfill. It's just going to be a huge amount of waste um, that's being thrown out because if they're just pulling out the sugar. That's it. Um, that's a great example. And then all the pollution that would it require to boil, do all the stuff that the plant would do to get the corn syrup even, you know, is, is just remarkably high. So... Well, this is really part of the, you know, educating ourselves that there are health reasons but there are also planet reasons, planetary reasons when we talk about food. You know, oh, thank you so much. Annie, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Annie has her personal message for all of us. And remember, this best-selling author uh, is someone that is on a mission. True Food is the name of her latest book. And, again, you can pretty much go to her website, greencheekcafe.com. Lots of information there. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. suffer from insomnia, body aches, fatigue, brain fog, digestive problems, weight gain, or anxiety? You may be dealing with unmanaged stress. 
The Stress Detective looks for the hidden messages within your stress and partners with you to create a wellness program to dismantle stress from the inside out. Learn to manage your stress and you can stop illness in its tracks. Call Susan Tyler at 888-629-4949 or visit StressDetective.net. You heard about it last year. You even thought about entering, but didn't. Now, life is giving you a second chance, announcing your second chance to change from the inside out with Dr. Pat's 2010 Holistic Makeover. So get on board. Winners will embark on a journey to make powerful change with the help and support of an entire team of coaches. Want to be a winner? Fill out the survey and tell your inspired story and how you plan to pay it forward. Go to drpatsmakeover.com. That's drpatsmakeover.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Wow, this is great. Annie Vaughn joining us here today. Please check it out, greenchicafe.com, a living and eco-revolution, lots for you to plug into, uh, amazing information on, you know, the blogs that she writes and much more. Her books are here. Annie, thanks for joining us today. What a cool, cool show. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a privilege and so fun. Um, well, I guess what I'd like to say is that I urge people to, um, the best way to educate yourself is to honor your senses, that we've all been uh, bombarded with advertising and habit and uh, ease of use of going into the store. So just compare a one of those mealy pink tomatoes we can get in January to a beautiful lush red tomato that we can get in August and is uh, absolutely incredibly off of a vine, you know, that's incredibly flavorful. And look and follow the, you know, what that tells you, that it tastes glorious. Your, your body knows the truth about what tastes the best, how you feel after it. Um, and so if you start to honor your senses, I think your senses will guide you towards the food that's actually the best for you and that is the best for the planet and everything because it all works on all levels like that. Absolutely. Annie, thank you so much. Annie Bond, everyone, thank you so much for joining the me today and joining the show. It's been great to have you here, and, boy, we have talked about a lot, haven't we? Oh, we sure have. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're welcome. And what we didn't talk about is included in the book, so make sure you get Annie's latest book. For those of you out there, thank you for tuning us in and turning us on here at the Dr. Pat Show. We are planning a fabulous year, the best year ever, and we're grateful you're part of it. Have yourself a fabulous, fabulous day. We'll see you next time.